0: Alright, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fuckin' ears? What the fuck a crats? What the fuck publicans? The fuse of you. And of course you what the fuck nicks, welcome. This is my show. This is Mark Marin talking in your head as you drive or exercise or run or bake or whatever the hell you paint. It's hot here, man. It's over a hundred. And I gotta turn the air conditioner off in here in order to record. To have this wonderfully professional sounding product. Uh, Today on the show, this is the last of a series of shows that we've been doing, uh, revolving around the Netflix show *Glow*, the gorgeous ladies of wrestling, which I am part of. It was a great opportunity, really, for this show, uh, anyways, to uh, to sort of like track the uh, the the creation of the show in a lot of ways, or at least understand it and be part. I'm part of a production that isn't my show. And I'm working with uh, a producer that's a genius. And I've uh, today on the show we've got the showrunners, the creators of the show, Carly Mench and Liz Flayhive. and we've also got the uh, the writing team, Rachel Schukert, Nick Jones, and Sasha Rothschild. They we I actually put this in the can when they were um, still on the set of Glow. The that anyway the writers anyways Liz and Carly came over here. The showrunners did, but this is like. This is sort of the ground level of the creation in the way that you know the showrunners or the creators of the show created the show. So we can talk to them about that and the writers, you know, it was interesting to talk to them about how they were able to, you know, generate these characters. There's so many characters and also that it was nice that they were writing while we were shooting so that they could voice my character a little bit more like me when they knew what it was that I could do. So this is uh, the last of the batch of the GLOW episodes. And this is a good one. It's good, yeah. You know, especially if you're a... Uh, I don't want to use the word creator. It's too vague. But if you're a writer who wants to get into TV writing, this should uh, have some valuable information. And these are good people. Decent people. A lot of them. Man, the show. People are loving the show. I, I couldn't be more excited about that. Speaking about shows... I would like to uh, bring your attention. Now, a friend of mine, he's been on the show before. He's a very funny dude. I love watching him do comedy. His name's Brian Scolero. You might remember him. Got a great voice. Scolero's got a great voice. He's got a new comedy album out. It's called Stupid Time, a sketch album. You can get it on iTunes or allthingsrecords.com. Check out Brian's record. He's a funny guy. So, I will tell you what I've been up to the last couple days. Over the weekend, Senator Al Franken asked me to... uh, to moderate a conversation with him uh, over in Beverly Hills at the Wallace Theater, the Wallace Center for the Performing Arts, it uh, he asked me a couple of weeks ago. I said, "Of course, we did that at BookCon. We got a good thing going." I had him on the podcast. I, I interviewed him at BookCon live. We had some good shtick going. He's you know he's in he's in top form both as a senator and a guy that cares with a big heart, but also as a funny man. Al is a fucking hilarious comedic performer and writer. On top of being an amazingly uh, 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 big-hearted progressive senator, and I, I love working with him. But it was it was sort of amazing that it did become sort of a team shtick. Like because you know I knew which stories like landed great, and he all his stories. Some of them are really because he's a great comedy writer, structured beautifully, almost like jokes you would read long stories. And uh, so by the third time I worked with him live. We really had kind of a team dynamic going, and I didn't say this to him, but you know, if he, you know, if he ever retires from uh, from the Senate, I, I'd uh, I wouldn't mind maybe hitting the road for some gigs. He used to be in a team; he knows how to do it. I know how to do it. I'm a pretty good straight man for the senator. What was funny is that, and I believe he's a great senator, and you know, he's he's doing great work. He's got balls. He's got uh, courage, and he's uh, he's righteous in a real way. And he's done some great things lately uh, in terms of uh, calling certain people out as just a a line of questioning on a committee and and yielding some pretty amazing viral videos at the very least. But uh, also some monumental shifts in uh, the process of government at this moment in time. But what surprised me was uh we were talking the other day and we did this didn't happen the first time we did it and i and i'm i'm really doing this as a build up to tell a dirty joke so if you're thinking about fast forwarding there's a pretty good dirty joke coming so al we're talking i'm talking to al and uh and we're talking about his dad and you know he, if he grew up with comedy in the house and uh, and al tells me that his dad was a a great uh, Buddy Hackett fan. And who wasn't? Buddy Hackett was really the funniest guy uh, I, I I knew of when I was a little kid. My grandmother loved Buddy Hackett. She used to go, yeah, but Grandma Goldie used to say like, very funny. We see him in Vegas, but he's filthy. The word filthy needs more needs more play. but uh, but Alf's telling me that, you know, his father loved Buddy Hackett and always did. And years after his father passed away, he ran into Buddy Hackett on an airplane and said, Mr. Hackett, my my father was a a great fan of yours and you made him very happy. You were his favorite comic to something. I'm paraphrasing. And Buddy Hackett turned to Al and went into this joke, which I will tell. And to see, but I want you to picture Al Franken telling this. Senator Al Franken. It's beautiful. It was beautiful. I wish we had it on tape. Guy goes into the doctor He's got a, a, a dot on his head. And he says, doc, what is this? The doc says, yeah, I, I have I've not seen that before. Guy says, well, what is it? The doctor says, well, what what's happening is you're going to have a where that dot is a, a, a penis is going to grow out of your forehead. In about six months, you'll have a, a full grown penis growing out of your forehead. So the guy says, well, can you cut it off? And the doctor says no, uh, because it's connected directly to your brain. And then the guy says, uh, well, you mean, you know, in six months time, I'm going to wake up in the morning. and I'm going to look in the mirror and I'm going to see a penis hanging off of my forehead, just sticking out there. And the doctor goes, no, you won't be able to see it because the balls will be hanging in your eyes. The balls will be hanging in your eyes. That's a hell of a turn. That's a Buddy Hackett joke conveyed to me by Senator Al Franken in the context of a tribute to his father who loved Buddy Hackett. And it gave me the opportunity to tell you that dirty joke. Classic dirty joke with a beautiful twist at the end. What what more can you ask for on a Monday morning? Am I right? You won't be able to see it because the balls will be hanging in your eyes. Get it? Got it? let's get into this let's get into the writers Rachel, racial racial no no rachel Shukert, nick jones and sasha rothschild were the uh, primary writers the writers room of glow and i spoke to them uh at the production facility out there at the sound stages and uh we talked about being writers if that's of interest to you here it comes All right, so Rachel, Nick, Sasha, the writers for Glow. I've I've said the words of all of you. I've had problems with some of the words, Nick. I, <laughs> there, I there was actually no real struggles on set. I, I think I was. I'm going to talk about me for a while. I thought I was very. Uh, I was a real mensch about. Yeah. I yeah. thought your. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Your your writings were all good, and I didn't. <laughs> fight for anything we were worried about you were you going in yeah we didn't know how ornery you would be is that true
1: yeah yes yeah and you have a shockingly cheery disposition on set
0: (laughs) (laughs) i didn't have to worry about much i thought like this isn't on me if this thing craps out it's their thing i just have to show up and do my job yeah i was a working man
2: that's how we feel Yeah?
0: yeah i also
3: made the discovery late in the shoot that the crankier you got, the funnier you got.
2: That is true.
3: The, your crankiest day, I thought you were on fire. Is that true? Yeah. What day was that? Yeah, we
2: talked about it.
3: Uh, it was episode eight, up in the office, and then I think we also did the the uh, the car
0: scene. Yeah, with Allie. Okay. Yeah. Oh, right. Car right. scenes right. with
2: Allie always made you cranky.
0: Well, you're sitting there in the car and there's a, like my my resentment is, is that I'm in a car on a trailer and you guys are sitting in your little cubby up there kind of laughing and talking about other things. And I'm just sitting in a fucking trailer watching yeah. you guys just have a day. It's a problem. Welcome to being yeah. a star. Oh, exactly. Okay. Yeah.
2: Think about how much more you get paid than we do. Do I probably?
0: I don't know. This is like I hope
2: so. <laughs> I would think
1: so.
3: I, hope so. I don't think I we should think go down
0: so. that road. You, don't? <laughs> don't you want know, want to talk numbers? Talk we could I mean, you want to talk numbers?
1: I liked when you would yell at yourself because you would never yell at others, which I thought was a mensch, very mensch-like. Mensch. You're I, a I, mensch. You're I, a yeah. mensch, Mark. Yeah, who
2: knew? I, did,
0: I didn't want to be one of those assholes. So let's go. Like how. What have you written on, Rachel, before this?
2: I wrote on Supergirl last season, and I wrote on this show called Red Band Society that ran on Fox for one season.
0: And what did you do before that?
2: Oh, all kinds of things. Uh-huh. I wrote books mostly and for really? magazines and, yeah, as a playwright.
0: Oh, really? You were a playwright?
2: Yeah. And so you wrote Nick. books? Yeah. I know, like
0: a lot of, there's a lot of playwrights because Carly and. Liz are playwrights. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well,
2: that's, we all know each other from that, from, for like 10, 10 11 years. Nick yeah. and Carly and Liz and I were all in the same writers group, but ours Nova in New York in like 2006. I knew no one.
0: Yeah, I know. You're so a, Sasha a Hollywood was the, person.
2: Sasha's I'm a a
1: Hollywood so person. Hollywood.
0: Yeah. You're like, a, you're, you're like a, the outlier. All these mm-hmm. people are New York intelligentsia. Yep, they're very Sorry. smart. The highbrows. Yeah. yeah. We were before we came to LA, but. <laughs> but when you were doing plays, like, what? Like tell me about Nick. You know, I'll get to you. Don't worry, Sasha. I'm worry. not worried. Nick, so, so like, tell me about your first play that you put up.
3: <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> I mean, I started doing plays in
3: college that I, I wrote and starred in and did in the multi-purpose room. Yeah, like, like Orson
2: Welles. Like Orson Welles, <laughs> but, exactly
3: <like> much worse. <laughs> and then I came the, uh, to New York and I started doing puppet shows because I couldn't figure out how to to do plays with that required all the resources that I had in college. So I actually was like a puppeteer when I met these guys. Really? Yeah. You had you had a box, a trunk full of well, puppets I, or I had this this group called Jolly Ship he was the Whiz dating Bang, a puppet. and uh-huh. it was like a rock band with puppets. Like and what and kind And I of I did that you, for like 10 years. Hand puppets? Uh yeah, they were like rod puppets you manipulated from below and for a while I I wanted to be a puppeteer like really? I was I was like I want to be a puppeteer musician because I figured like that's something no one else is and so the bar is very low yeah I was yeah. like <laughs> I was like no one will know if if I'm not Were the you? best in the business because <laughs> yeah. I'm the only one in this business well it
0: just sounds like uh, it, there's that angle and there's also the angle that you wanted to guarantee your failure <laughs>
3: Yeah, well, and I and I sort of was doing both. <laughs> I was hedging my bets. So, so you did some puppeteering, some rock puppeteering. Yeah, I did that for my twenties, all my twenties, basically. Did you have a following? I I don't I I'll, I mean you did it was I'm, it was successful for what it was. Ten or fifteen we, people that were always yeah, there. Yeah, we
0: were there shows that
3: you. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I kept doing it with my friends because it kept leading to interesting experiences i wasn't uh-huh. making money but it was like, like someone, was, what like someone was like i'm putting together a puppet festival in bangkok would you like to come out here for a month so yes i will i, I so we we did that i, I ended up going you played to played bangkok to, with the puppets yeah yeah <laughs> I, I went to ireland i went to i went all over um really and with then ours the Ar- and then Ars Nova eventually produced the show uh-huh and it was a success for for what it was, and then I that that led to getting um, an so writing, agent
0: for, writing for humans.
3: Yeah, eventually, <laughs> like painfully, <laughs> I, I've I've learned how to write for humans, barely, without much nuance, because uh. I didn't learn that because you don't need that with puppets. No, but
1: the puppets don't talk. That. It's
3: all right. It's just television. So. <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: the
3: puppets don't have notes. Do you yeah. do you miss the puppets, Nick? or...? I mean, you should stop by my house. Yeah. The puppets yeah, are still he there. Still lives among <laughs> <They're> them. <there. laughs> I just, I just took them out of the boxes, and yeah. I'm trying to find a
0: place for them in my life again. Okay, so when when you were doing this, what, who were your heroes? Were, were you thinking like, all right, yeah, I'm gonna this is this is a career that I respect creatively. I'm I'm gonna emulate that. Was well, it like a Jim Henson
3: or? I mean, everyone loves Jim Henson. I wasn't emulating him because I was I I wanted to. Make a puppet show that didn't look like the Muppets, what, or those like plush puppets that is, that are in everything.
0: Right? Well, I, well, is Saving Sarah Marshall somehow based on you?
3: Oh God! <laughs>
0: no, and that, and that and that was the bane of my existence
3: at the time because that's when I was like deep in it, and and if I'm and if for a while I was very proud to be a puppeteer, you know, because yeah, yeah, sure. whatever you enter a conversation at least with that. Yeah, it was my and that was my calling card. And women love it. Women loved it. I there was it was the best of times. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I was in my my prime, but then Sarah Marshall came along and that hijacked the conversation. If I if I mentioned the puppet shows, they're like, "Oh, have you seen Sarah?" Be- <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Forgetting it Sarah Marshall, rained on your parade. Yeah, and then we'd have to talk about the, that fucking movie instead of
0: me. The important work you were doing with puppets. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> so. Where'd you come from, Sasha? You like, um, you have like a sordid history, don't you?
1: I sure do. (laughs) Uh, I come from Miami Beach.
0: That's we're really going way back. That's the worst start I've ever heard. South Beach. Oh my Um, god. Yeah. How does that happen?
1: Um. I was born in the swamps of Everglades City. Really? And then when I was three, we had to flee to Miami because my father wrote an article for Rolling Stone exposing all the drug dealers smuggling drugs up through the swamps of Everglades City to Miami.
0: Pretty happy about that that accomplishment? uh,
1: He wasn't. He was just, he thought it was a good story. He didn't actually fully think through. He was a journalist. He was a journalist. Right. He was not anti-drug. He just was a journalist. Right. Right. So ended up uh, growing up in Miami beach and knew that Undercover?
0: I cover like,
1: like no. on
0: the run. <laughs> he,
1: once we got to Miami, it was sort of, it wasn't, he was, I, you know what? I don't know why no one killed him. Actually. He mm-hmm. was safe for, for whatever reason. Wow. And continued to be. A that journalist.
0: sounds like a good story in and of itself. It Maybe is. He'll tell that story. He
1: could tell you Who that was protecting story. Him? I know. Yeah. Well, 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 he, uh, yeah. Um, I still don't know all the details of what really went on, but a uh, crazy place to grow up. I, he was a writer. I knew I wanted to be a writer. I knew I wanted to write for television. So I moved to L.A. when I was 21 really? and immediately started waitressing.
0: Right, of course. <laughs> and
1: uh, waitressed at the Improv years ago where I crossed paths with, with you, but you didn't. You, do, you, you weren't you aware were of never my existence, but I was very aware of your existence.
0: Really? I was, I was not was. a big waitress. I didn't get involved. I don't know. You were wh- smart. Well, I I no. knew it happened, and it's not like it didn't happen in my life, but like w- I just didn't do it because like how many of those conversations were you like who am I following? <laughs> you know, like well, not on stage. Yeah. but I mean, literally. Yeah. Which guys do I know? That- sure.
1: Yeah. And, and then it and just, are they funnier than me? There's that. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Like you fucked him. Yeah. Like, right. The, his, he's not
1: even. He's a hack. He's a you hack, can't believe yeah. you fucked him. Totally.
0: So all right, so you fuck some comics. So
1: I fuck some comics uh, and uh, learn how to write a joke. And um, did you, when you
0: is that was one of the reasons you took the gig there? To, to I get
1: did. A- I I was a, an assistant on a late night show, and I knew that I would never be a writer on that show because they would never hire me as a writer. The Late Late Show with Craig Kilborn oh really uh yes and um i learned a lot about joke writing by watching the writers but knew i wouldn't get a shot and i thought i'm gonna my time is gonna be better served actually cocktailing making a little money listening to comics all night long did it, you learn i did i learned i learned i learned why jokes land i learned the rhythm of jokes just i learned on your own
0: no one was telling you.
1: no no i just just by listening just by listening absorbed and it. absorbed and um and then was having a hard time breaking in to tv and then was having a hard time breaking into movies and then started writing articles and immediately got uh la weekly yeah um and i wrote a couple articles for playboy and i wrote a couple articles for maxim and um back when there were places like when they were actual Mm -hmm. magazines and then one of my articles took off it was called how to get divorced by 30 um and then within one week i got a movie deal at universal and a book deal at penguin so it took ten years to be an overnight success.
0: That's pretty low. That's like a good number. It
1: was a good, uh, yeah. So that it can
0: take a lot longer now. It can take a lot longer for me. Than I know it was years. twenty-five. Yeah. So like I, you know, I was on that plan.
1: You were on the twenty-five-year plan. Yeah. Well, I, you're doing pretty well now. I'd
0: given up on it, you know. But it was, yeah, it's twenty-five years. So okay, yeah. so there you were. You got these deals, but deals don't necessarily mean anything. Was the book a bestseller?
1: The book was not a bestseller, but it did okay. Yeah. And then from that, and then I wrote the movie script, which of course the movie's never going to get made, but it. Put me on the map for features and then I've continued to write movies and then from there have sort of consistently developed in tv and uh and then
0: all right well let's not we just brush over okay that. So, all right so have you had any movies made no How no many movie god scripts no. Have you sold? Seven,
1: seven seven movie scripts at seven studios all across town and, pretty and you know every now impressive. and again I get a call that so and so just you know attach themselves to something and then <laughs> okay, I get right, another right. call in three months saying eh, that's not Didn't gonna happen, happen. yeah
0: Seven scripts you seven, got paid for, and yep. they're still sort of active. If they, want I would
1: them. say two out of the seven are active.
0: Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. And then, what was your first TV job?
1: My first TV job was actually selling a um, a half hour to NBC with a friend of mine, um, and that was called "My Best Friend's a Lesbo" because she's a lesbo. And uh, that did not go to series, but it was Wait, how long a was great that? experience. That was four years ago.
0: Uh, so it, this is sort of as the the heyday is ending of, of making huge money and on half hour development deals yes. and selling scripts.
1: Yeah. Um. And then I had such a great experience working in TV, even though it didn't didn't end up airing. That yeah. I really focused on TV, and then got a job working on Carrie Diaries, which was a delightful show. Um. Which was the prequel to Sex and the City about Carrie Bradshaw. Yeah. Which was really... A,
0: and that was just a couple years ago?
1: A couple years ago. Last gig I had, Carrie Dyer's, and then Development. And then this show, I um, I actually watched Glow as a child and loved it. And so when I read this pilot, I thought it was amazing.
0: Why did you love it?
1: I as thought a as a little girl, I thought that some of those women were so pretty. They and were, fancy. They were so and their and fancy. outfits were so shiny and sparkly. And I would just watch them come out in this sort of glitzy glamour and then get like down and dirty and sweat and be badass. And it really spoke to me in, in a way of like sort of the high low of it all. Like, oh, I can be pretty, but I can also kick ass and grunt and grunt. Mm-hmm. And um, I, just I remember Chainsaw loving, and I remember the Southern Bells. Towards the end of um, the later series, had the Southern Bells with their big hoop skirts and um Hollywood and Vine. I love the Bad Girls.
2: I loved it. It it
1: was. And you watched
0: it as a kid too, or no? I,
2: no, I I remember it. Yeah. I didn't watch it a lot. I remember my mother. Seeing them on Donahue, I think,
0: <laughs> Donahue. and thinking
2: it was hilarious and yeah. telling me all about it. And then I watched it, I think, a couple of times. But I was a little bit too little. I,
3: do, I remember the appearance yeah. on Married with Children. Yeah. yeah. Do, the, were you a wrestling guy? No, I wasn't. I should have been, but I you know, I, you, you would think I was, but I wasn't. What
0: was your last TV gig? We didn't go over your TV history. We uh, went over puppets and we stopped.
3: Well, I I was on Orange is the New Black
0: for for Genji. For 4 years, yeah. Genji. For 4 years. Like, yeah. Until, so that was, until now. And that was your first TV job? Yeah. I mean, so I good d- I d- developed some
3: things too but it was my first staffing job and so then, you went to the school of genji i went to the school of genji i moved to la for genji for that job once i got it and uh-huh. then i've been here like four and a half
0: years later and, and the, but you did a few we already talked about it right yeah i did a couple yeah, yeah but this is the first like you love this one more than the others
2: yeah it's much more like me
0: you know because yeah, like, yeah. it, yeah. it's one
2: thing to work on sort of network television that's like a little bit i mean not bad but it's it is what it is it's like a this is how you do it, you
0: know. Right, real network television is a nightmare.
2: Yeah, it's, you know, and And it's, then you gotta
0: deal with showrunners who think they know everything, and then you gotta deal with, you know, executives that don't know anything but have to pretend like they know things, and ugh, it's the worst. Yeah. And I didn't even have to deal with that. I was at IFC. So how did you get this gig? Well, I well, mean, you I, were in-house, almost.
3: I mean, I was in-house, but also, like, Carly was on Orange is the New Black last season. And, we, mm. you know, we were already friends. And Carly, our showrunner. Carly. Our
0: leader. Our, one, of our yes. or one of our leaders. Yes. One of our leaders.
3: And I was actually on a hike with her uh, in Griffith Park when she got the call that Netflix was going to um, pick up the show to series. You know, that's a holy shit moment. Uh, yeah. And, obviously, I'm... I'm thrilled for her but I'm also like fuck well I guess you're not going to be coming back to orange next year right right <laughs> you know and she was one of my you know allies Bodies, yeah and you need allies in a writer's room you do as, Why are you as, Sasha, <laughs> as Sasha will tell you no I don't I don't know we're what all I mean, allies by in I mean in we this room, on this in this like, room I think we've all we're all allies yeah I've had the experience where uh, you know <laughs> two people agree with more often than yeah. than two others and you and like if one person calls in sick then suddenly there's not enough of the people on your side yeah. to like push a push a bill through. Oh so really?
0: Yeah. But like yeah. but isn't that really kind of relative to the showrunner? I mean is it really kind of
2: I, I mean, think that, yeah, I do well, think the showrunner
3: that, is not always in the room also, yeah, you know? Yeah. Like the showrunner has so many duties that like wh- while the showrunner's away, you know, the, room the, the, the room runs sometimes. itself sometimes. Oh,
0: see, I never had that experience. Because yeah. yeah. like, my room was like, I had my showrunners and there was me and uh, three other guys. That was the whole crew. Right. So they were there for all the writing. Right. And they were writers sure, on it. And it would go through me and then it would sort of go through them. But we just sit there looking at each other. There was no real clicks. You know, everyone was yeah. sort of... There yeah. was, well, that's good. That's bad. Well, no, I think yeah, there's a, a good room. room. There's
2: a couple versions of that, though. Because sometimes it's, it's just like a... It's not like calculated or anything it's just like an affinity you know like you just get along better with some, you connect with somebody better and then there's the other version of it where there really is this like insane political clusterfucked where people are being like strategic about who they sort of suck up to and who they shut out in the room yeah and that's the worst i mean that's like the horrible that's when it feels like you're going to work in like game of thrones and you know people are like forging alliances against you
0: well this doesn't feel like that because you know there's not that weird network pressure and, yeah. you know, clearly Netflix is like, here, have some money. You need more money? Here's some more money. <laughs> and do you have enough to eat on set? Is that yeah. it? Yeah. There's it's, yeah. Yeah. No, it, it more feels food coming. really it's, nice. It's like, really on top point. I also think
2: that, Carly and Liz did a good job of hiring like the right people for the right reasons.
0: Where do you meet with them? How did how did you get the? I got a call
2: job? from my agents
0: that
1: yeah. uh, this Genji show was you know Netflix based on this thing called Glow, and I was like, holy shit! I know about Glow. I'm I was obsessed with Glow as a, as a little girl, and I read the pilot and they had read my HBO pilot so they brought me in for a meeting and I just sat down with Liz and Carly and Tara who's Genji's producing partner and just said I love this script and I want this job and I kind of was very forthcoming and not like trying to be cool or play games and um, no one else
3: had said that (laughs)
1: uh, No one else said they liked it I think when you go Look when there's staffing season And you go from meeting to meeting Meeting with showrunners to get staffed You can have a certain armor Of like whatever You know I don't care Or whatever Wherever I land is fine Or I have so many options And I think that having that armor is safe Because most of the time, you never get a job, and you have to have armor. But um, for yeah, this but particular some, yeah. situation, I had no armor. You're excited. I, I was right. really excited and really genuinely thrilled to try and be a part of this. And I think um, that that's you know maybe what it doesn't you know.
0: always happen because I think the dream of writers usually is to deliver a show of their own. Mm-hmm. So, like you know, the more you try to do that, along with going in for writing jobs. You get beat down. Yeah. If you you developed a bunch of shows, you tried to sell shows, and it never happened, and you're going on 20, 30 years of this shit, you know, you just, getting a writing job is not that big a deal, and it's just something you crankily kind of get through.
3: Well, I think Genji fosters an environment, which, and I think Liz and Carly do as well, where Every everyone they hire gets to feel invested. Yeah, they're the show, very you know? generous that way, which, yeah. which, which, which makes us come in with our best work, you know, and and, sta- and staves off the, the sense right. of being yeah. jaded. And it's, it's just a job. Like we're we I think we're made to feel like we're we're all making this thing together, which is
2: which is great, amazing. Yeah. I didn't know if I was going to be able to take this job. It was like a very dramatic week because I was on Supergirl and we didn't know if we were coming back and they kept not telling us. And there was all this like weird negotiation behind the scenes and nobody would like sort of give anyone a straight answer about anything. And so the producers at Supergirl were like, look, we want, we all want, we want you all back, but like, we don't know what's going to happen. So you should go on other meetings. And if anybody gets something that they really want to take, take it and we'll let you go and it won't be a problem. And then everything kind of happened all at the same time where I, I went on like two meetings. I went on, you know, this one, which sort of, You know, I remember you came into my house and you were like, Liz and Carly just got the show picked up. And then like UTA called me the next day and they're like, do you how well do you know Liz Playhouse and Carly mentioned? I was like, pretty well. And and it was like this whole thing. And so then I had the meeting and then then they were, you know, taking a while to kind of figure everything out, I think, in terms of like budget or whatever it was. And um, and I was still waiting to hear about this. And then I got another offer on another show. And I w- and they were like, "Well, she has to get out of Supergirl, though." And so we were going to maybe try to do that. And then I got the offer for Glow, and I was like, "Let's. I want to do Glow. Let's do Glow." But then there was all this weird back and forth because then Supergirl got like picked up the same day to the CW, and they weren't going to let me out of the contract, and so there had to be all this like weird back channel stuff, and it was it was really tense. Yeah, I that's, remember why
0: that. yeah yes. that's why we have <laughs> agents.
2: Yeah, that's why we have agents.
1: And I had a, f- I was in first position on another thing. And it had an intense weekend leading up to taking this, and was actually on my way to Greenland with my mother and sister. Oh yeah, and That's was right. on a flight. <laughs> the, I Greenland? Was the Greenland, the Greenland, not, the it's Greenland. Not like the name of a supermarket. No, it's the actual Greenland, and was Greenland. in on a flight from JFK to Copenhagen on the plane when I got the call from my agent saying, "Get off the plane; you have to start Monday." And I raced off the plane, then took a took a cab from JFK to Newark, got on a plane Newark to LA, and was in the room Monday morning. Really, and sent my mother and sister to Greenland without me
0: oh my god God. I was just
1: pacing my living room like weeping to my agents on the (laughs) phone
0: it's very (laughs) dramatic it was
1: very dramatic
0: it's weird though the stakes seem awfully high for something that doesn't seem to like there's no life or death to it but like those moments where you get a call back and you're like well fuck I gotta fly you know it's I hate that about (laughs) show business
3: it's like it's It's like
0: we you end up doing nothing forever and then all of a sudden there's a panic right you like a five minute thing with a executive
1: well the one day you finally book the vacation is the day you get the call right to, to yeah. get off the it's plane. It's a good it's way like to guarantee you that. should always book a- it's like going to the bathroom and well, then you're your food right, comes. The restaurant. But I restaurant. like that yeah. when that happens. Yeah. I go to the bathroom on purpose thing. to yeah. make the
2: food come.
0: I remember Yeah, rem- <laughs> <laughs> it's a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did I do realize that some fancier restaurants will not put the food down if you're not there though. They'll really? Wait. Yeah.
2: That's so passive-aggressive. Yeah, it's Do they know up. that you're they, in the bathroom they, yeah, just to doing, make them bring the doing food? Doing a
0: childish trick. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like a, so game, of <laughs> it's a game
1: of chicken. Who can wait longer? Chicken.
0: But yeah, I mean, I, went, I had to be at a meeting, a general meeting for Fox Studios way back, and I was moving from New York for this Fox deal. This is why I came out to LA in 2002, because I had a deal with Fox. And we we're driving a U-Haul across country to move, and the fucking U-Haul that we rented in New York broke down... Like it's somewhere in Pennsylvania, it, like it was just horrible. We oh. had to, because it was the middle of the night. I had to be there. Uh, you know, the day like I only had a certain amount of days to get there, and it was cutting into it. We had to shift to another U-Haul, and we had it was a disaster. And it and it was very difficult for the woman that I was with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but well, we made you it. Did made you the made the like meeting. Yeah. And it changed your life. Did nothing. Yeah. yeah. The script. We. You know, I wrote the yeah. script with a guy. It went nowhere.
3: In the Anyways. beginning, everything's a big break, Yeah. and then you have like, so like twenty breaks yeah. right. where nothing happened, and you, when you did everything perfectly, and you, you know, and, that- and then and then you get and then you actually have something happen that just came out of nowhere yeah. you know yeah. so you're just like well, whatever you just well, stay busy and things happen but going. all
2: these meetings eventually sort of add up to some sort to of presence or the something the experience yeah. you know,
0: having meetings and being known by people yeah right. yeah. yeah. Well, I so then they're like oh my stuff. god we love
2: Mark yeah. even yeah. though you had like Wait. one 15 minute conversation 12 years ago
0: yeah that yeah. was never what they said about me for a long time <laughs> it's like how is he
3: <laughs> <laughs> I find it How's weird How's he doing when yeah. You have general meetings Where you're meeting The same people Who are now working At different studios or yeah. different. Right
0: yeah. And they already different. know you, <laughs> you Or do they But yeah. then you realize It's their job Just to have you come in What do they fucking do They do nothing They are <laughs> just like With comics General meetings They're like well, Who do you want Let's Who can entertain us today Yeah They, they have to justify Their dumb jobs Yeah And you're yeah. just oh, hey, Bring some writers in we should fucking, yeah. What are you doing After lunch It's the worst <laughs> Our our futures are hanging. I I know them. I shouldn't be talking like this about these lovely executives, but I don't give a fuck. But our future (laughs) is hanging in their hands. So, what did you have to do to get up to speed on wrestling? I knew nothing about it, and I was so relieved to be told that I didn't need to. Like, they were like, (laughs) no, your guy doesn't know anything about it. I'm like, perfect.
2: Well, we didn't know that. I mean, I didn't know
1: it. I'm a little little bit of a fan. I mean, I
2: was a little bit of a fan of watching wrestling and knew a teeny little amount. I was on this medical show, and that's how we used to... and it would it be like, and then, like you'd had the idea of the story, and then there'd be and then there'll be a scene with some medical medical, and we'll figure that out, and we had like a liaison to the who's like, so figure out like what would really happen if your liver shut down or whatever right and then you would just they'd like put in like a bunch of like gibberish that like the audience doesn't really pay attention to, and then you just go on with the it, scene
3: anyone
0: could do what we do. <laughs> a monkey could do it, <laughs> <laughs> but the weird thing about wrestling, the thing that makes it interesting is that is that how. Like the big shift right in the first two episodes is how do you take a volatile, you know, broken trust, you know, betrayal of a friendship and then put that at the core right. of, you know, the the heel in the face dynamic of wrestling. I mean, so like it right from the beginning, it becomes a personal story but then it just translates immediately to the ring yeah, yeah. well that
2: was the cool thing really. that we kind of found out about wrestling is that it, it it does it's like the this larger than life encapsulation of like problems you know it has yeah. all this because when they go in the ring it's like there's these beefs you know and there's like this kind of soap opera and that this has been going on and so and so stole whoever's woman and then they were humiliated by this other person so right. it's this constant like sort of settling of scores right that you're supposed to believe is real yeah and so it was interesting to sort of take that construct and apply it to this show where there were real things happening, <laughs>
0: you know? Right.
2: That, like, stuff actually happened off stage, and, like, all of that backstory that's fake in the wrestling world was real in this one.
0: Now, when when you look, if, if it, you know, you think ahead, like I, I didn't when I was doing my show. I just assumed every season would be the last season. But it seems like this world as a world is completely unique uh, f- for a lot of reasons, but also you have so many... Fucking characters that like to fill another two seasons doesn't seem like that big of a stretch if it happens, does it? Yeah, it could go on. a uh, long yeah, I think time. it could go Especially on a really long time. Yeah. And well, we have what we have fifteen I mean,
2: main characters, so we could have fifteen seasons. Yeah, I think fifteen, <laughs>
1: 15 seasons. <laughs> sounds se- 15 seasons.
0: Yeah. That's right. Right.
1: Yeah. Well, I think in a, in a way, and maybe I mean, I think in a, it's like the orange is the new black template in the terms of like the scope of the cast, and yeah. you can kind like, well, of focus in on different characters at different times. Right. right. With orange, and can it's based on a
3: memoir where a woman goes into prison for just over a year mm. you know but you can you can have the same stories happen but you just say like this episode takes place in a day or half a day and yeah you can you can move very slowly and and, and by when i say pace i mean just mean the sort of the, the, time, s- frame of the, the time frame yeah. of this the time frame you know the not that it, moves slowly. Right, so so it like you're, you're saying slowly. that this
0: could be we could keep this 1986 1987 for four years yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean this Good whole season
2: no is supposed to. to be what, like ten weeks or something? Yeah. In like, real time? Months? In real yeah. time. Yeah, a couple of, months. Oh right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but it's but back to what you, it is cool though to have like that sort of deep a bench.
0: Yeah, no kidding. You know,
2: Because I think, too, like coming off network television where you have these characters that are like set from the beginning and there's this pressure to like service every single one of them in every episode. And some of them just don't pop or they don't yeah. work or the story right. you had for them doesn't. And you still have to think of something for them to do. Like it's so nice to be able to just have someone like have one line in an episode and know right. that you'll yeah. get to them later.
0: Yeah, there's still like a, like when I look at the cast on the wall here, like there's still so many backstories that have not been explained. At export at all? Really? Just hints. Yeah, yeah. It's, Just hints. There's really only like two or three main backstories in this in this I, season.
3: And I I think it's nice for the actors too to sort of have a a lot of time to feel out their characters, so that but so that you know in season two or three when we get to some of those like deep bench characters like w- we've thought about them and we've watched th- th- those actors yeah. performing so much that we. A whole lot of story has already been suggested, right? And and they they feel so real. Like there's not this thing
2: about having to like set them up and introduce them out of nowhere. I mean, that's kind of the great thing about Orange is is like when people come forward and suddenly have stories. You've just sort of seen them in the background already for like three years. Like you're used to seeing them, and it doesn't feel like this new jarring person that you right. And
0: also, like by right, exactly. But by next season, they're all going to know how to wrestle. So you can act. And by the end of this season, I believe we're going to be wrestling. Like for real, right? Yeah. In a yeah. show, yeah. yeah. So then, like next season, you'll be able to frame episodes with actual matches, right? Yeah. It's only. It's just going to get more and more exciting, right?
3: Because yeah. the, the the drama will ramp up at the same time that the wrestling, wrestling violence
2: yeah. will ramp up, yeah. Right. And the show will like start to get successful. Like they'll start to have a presence in
0: the show within the show. The show, the show within, a within a show. A show. Right. You
2: know, they'll start to go out. They'll start oh, yeah. to have like right. fans and people. Because right are now watching. they're all unknown it's,
1: within yeah. the show. Right.
0: That's exciting. Yeah. So who do you think the audience is? Because I keep thinking like how can teenage girls not like this?
1: Like, I think I, the audience is a lot of different people. No, I think it's I agree. teenage girls, it's it's older, it's women that watched it is little girls mm-hmm. it's men who are obsessed with wrestling it's gay guys who love the camp of what yeah. Glow used to but I to hope be. so
0: much that young I don't know a single gay, gay guy
2: who's like 37 who didn't watch, watch Glow is, Glow, is that, that true?
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. totally oh,
3: yeah.
2: it was it's like such it's a, a gateway
1: so it was a thing it's show a, it's for a, it's like a gay young gay show. guys. Yeah. a gateway
3: if, if, show
0: <laughs> you're right
1: it was like a safe thing to watch without because you weren't watching beauty pageants no, you were watching wrestling. you were watching wrestling yeah
0: yeah Strong women Yeah And you guys did a great job I enjoyed working with all of you I enjoyed saying your lines Was there any problems? Anybody? With me? Did you have any problems?
1: <laughs> no No problem no. I really no. I uh, Nick was oh, sort of oh, waiting for I a problem There was a couple deli- pli- Delightfully <laughs> Nick doesn't Nick doesn't like attitude.
2: Nick didn't like having his like only man in the room kind of challenged yes, i think true. it's you like came a cock in of the walk in
1: thing he was no
2: longer he was no longer the, one, no longer I the used, one i used
3: cock. to be the the male consultant uh-huh. when people <laughs> had questions about what <laughs> it's about like men. to be a man <laughs> what and what like a man. male character man. would do but i feel like in. i've lost my edge oh, i mean not because you came in but i've just been around only women for so long yeah. <laughs> i don't even remember what being a man is like
0: <laughs> well it was funny because when the first time we i did one of your scripts i i knew you were kind of ready to you know, take the fight a little bit. Like, well, what's it? When's the problem gonna happen? Sure. And then sure. there was. A, it, I was. Uh, which episode was that first one? Because I remember there were some things where I was like, "Can I do it like this?" But then it came around to where like yours was. Why? Well, okay. I, was Who you I fought? Three.
3: Three. Who did I fight three. the one ball? Episode on? was it th- the one ball. Uh, you fought me on that.
0: On the, yeah. one, on ball. the one ball. Yeah. yeah,
3: and it's probably gonna be cut in editing anyways. Well, I but I that's the way was... it goes. But, I mean, episode three was a, was a, a long haul for me. That, Which one was that? Uh, it was the one where you go to, you go to the party.
2: In Malibu. You, you oh, right, in Malibu. Yeah.
0: oh right, yeah. Episodes
2: three are always hard. Like episode three is always the hardest, really, stuff, in my experience. Yeah, because I feel like you got the pilot. The pilot's done when you start. Then episode everyone sort of knows what's going to happen. Episode paying that were off set the pilot and, the pilot, were and then, then three, it's to, like oh, now it's a show, and so you have to now you to set up what, what will take you
0: mm-hmm. through the season. Well, yeah. you were actually the only one. Like I, I don't know if it's a confidence thing or not, but like there was all you're always writing jokes. You know, or things right. like on, on set. set, like you maybe try it like that, and then maybe try it like that, and then it, it, like, and we do it, and then and then you ultimately you'd be like, let's well, just let's just do the. the I mean, I, the truth is, I actually
3: don't have so much confidence in the written word. I I only know moment. things until right. I see you're them like in the monitor. You though. Yeah, you're yeah. always yeah. like, like you're when like we alts.
2: would do plays, you were always giving alts and things yeah. like that, and I I yeah, don't well, like to do that, and, and we would fight and yell at each other.
3: Well. <laughs> yeah, we we've worked together, by the way. Yeah, we've it's written true. plays we've written together, plays together. Really? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's too yeah, late to talk about that now. But no, it's always marriage time. It's for a long kind of time. <laughs> yeah, really? You guys were like tight, and you do plays. These two are many like plays? best friends. Oh, really?
3: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We have. We do stuff.
2: We do stuff.
0: Yeah. How many are those plays? Have they been produced? Yeah. Yeah. Published.
3: Mm-hmm. They're what out are they there. Called? They're out there. We wrote a play called "The uh, Nosemaker's Apprentice: Chronicles mm-hmm. of a Medieval Plastic Surgeon," mm. which mm-hmm. is as <laughs> gobbly as it sounds. The ancient,
2: yes. the ancient art of nose making. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: And we wrote one about a, a brothel in a turn of the century Chicago called the Sporting Life, uh-huh. yeah. which we are, and we've turn into a pilot and are shopping around with Gingy yeah. oh really mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's oh it's exciting. a musical it's a also, musical it's a musical yeah, a musical, yeah. Television musical television show about, show about, prostitutes, about prostitutes and
0: old timey Chicago
2: perversions yeah. everyone
3: <laughs> everyone's just fighting over it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, you never know. It's a big landscape now. Yeah. It's true.
2: It. I, CISO will pick it up.
0: Mm-hmm. CISO's hot right <laughs> now. I think it's a place it's, to get some money. I heard Nabisco's
3: getting into the game. Oh, wow! Well, really? Really? No. <laughs> but do but, but, but you see?
2: <laughs> I we
1: all it, believed it could, that could, Nabisco's really? going to have a network. Anything's possible.
0: <laughs> all right, you guys. Well, hopefully um, it's, it's all going to, we're going to do more. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Hope. Hopefully we'll help. be together
1: for many years. years
0: See yeah. each
1: other through many life spaces.
0: Yeah.
3: Okay. Mm-hmm. Thanks many for marriages. talking. Yes. All right. This is fun.
0: That was Rachel Schukert, Nick Jones, Sasha Rothschild, the writer's room at Glow. And uh they did a great job. I mean, you saw their work. They did it. They did a great job. So, Carly Mensch, Liz Flayhive. These are were you know, pretty seasoned writers, the two of them were, before they got to uh, to uh, Glow, Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. Uh, Liz Flayhive uh, wrote on Nurse Jackie, Homeland. Uh, she was a playwright before that. You may know her plays. Uh, from up here and the uh, the Madrid uh, are two of her shows her plays Carly Mench wrote for Weeds Nurse Jackie Orange is the New Black and she's also a playwright who wrote uh, all hail Hurricane Gordo and Len asleep in vinyl seasoned writers in at least two disciplines and they created the gorgeous ladies of wrestling the show that I am on and this is uh, me talking to them here in the garage <laughs> Are you guys nervous in front of microphones? Have you never?
4: I've never done this before. I've never done this, and I don't think I like the sound of my own voice, so I'm sure they'll Oh, my a... God. <laughs> but I'm psyched.
0: You're psyched. I have talked to the other writers about you guys specifically <laughs> at oh. length and how difficult you were to work with, and I think we should just address that. It's as fine.
5: It. <laughs> Go for it. Hit hard.
0: So, all right, right. Let's Liz Flayhive, Carly Mensch the you are i I don't even know why I'm setting up like this, so you guys created and were the showrunners of glow, which I'm on, which you was are. good 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 experience for me. How was it for you guys?
5: It was pretty idyllic, yeah I mean. I feel like getting through making the first season of your first show and like I only cried once.
0: When did you cry? When Trump won?
5: Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That, that was a lot the of, night I that know, everything that
0: fell mean. apart. That was a tough day on set. Yeah. No, it was really <laughs> brutal. It was real
5: tough. 14 women. <laughs> yeah.
0: Wow. It was yeah. cr- everyone was just sort of like, "What? What happened?"
4: No, everyone everyone just slowly crumbled.
0: D- disbelief and horror. Yeah. yeah. Well, and we were, were doing... pretending
4: it's 1985 on set too, so it, it felt like we were right? retreating back to where we actually were setting the show. Yeah, it's exactly. all relevant. It's, it's, well, it's funny, because when we when we pitched the show, I remember we kind of started with, the, well, we're on the verge of having our first female president. I mean, I think
5: we literally said, this is a great time for women. <laughs> yeah. We're about to elect our first female president right.
0: by and, the show. So, all right. So, tell me how, like, where did you guys know each other from not working together on a show, but from... How?
5: We met in New York. We were both at a writer's group at Ars Nova, which is this off-Broadway theater, and they started a writer's group for a bunch of playwrights. And we were I heard both. about
0: this. Did I talk to somebody else? Who was in that? Was Stephen Karam in that? Stephen Did you tell Karam, me? He, was he, was the, he was not in our, later year. in
5: our year. had- We were the first year, and it was Two of the writers us, on our show. Yeah. Nick Jones and Rachel Shuker. That's right. We also met. Um, yeah. Bo Lynn, Willimon, Lynn manuel Miranda, Liz Merriweather-
0: Oh, Lin-Manuel Miranda was in it? Yeah. yeah,
4: and he would riff on the piano. when I think Nick brought in a play about Nick brought in a musical. Estate. He brought in
5: a musical called Little Building.
0: Yeah.
3: And
4: he's like, I wrote this
5: musical, but it has no music. Uh-huh. And we're like, well, how do we read it? And Lynn was like, well, I'll just get on the piano and make stuff up. And we all improvised. Yeah. Uh, I played an airport, I remember. Uh-huh. And we all just improvised like songs and arias.
4: Then we had and- to read my shitty play afterwards, and I was like, Jesus. Oh, uh, that's the worst. <laughs> it's a bad night to have brought something
0: <laughs> Was it like, were you reading the whole play, or just parts of it? It's... Yeah.
4: I, I think we all brought in snippets of things That's. that weren't finished, and it was also, like, my jokiest, dumbest play about Sally Struthers. Like, it was the... Uh,
0: and and, and right after Lynn manuel riffed a musical. The, yeah, It's like, right. Carly, yeah, can yeah. we yeah. go yeah. over yours now? <laughs> I
5: was, like, I, like Dive in. I hide in the bathroom?
3: <laughs> but it was a
5: great play. I mean, they gave us, you know, free beer and pizza twice a month, and we all hung out there. And it was just, like, a place that we could actually be you know it was workshop stuff yeah and like we would even when we weren't there I was like I need to read this pilot can I have the space to do it and they'd we'd bring people together they were just very supportive of their people and they still are
0: and did you guys you didn't write together though no never not until this and did you write whole plays yeah and they were produced?
5: Yeah. Uh, my and first,
0: how, how were they received? What was your first play called?
5: My first play was called From Up Here. Oh. And Ars Nova was the first producer on it, and then it sort of outgrew their little space, and then we did it at Manhattan Theater Club Yeah, in 07, 07, 08.
0: And is it done now?
5: It's done now. It's a lot. Of, there are a lot of young characters, so it's done now, like, re, like sometimes regionally,
4: but a lot of colleges
5: do So
0: you're, you have a French's um, book?
4: Oh, yeah. Oh, we're both at Samuel. Oh, Francis. that was like- That's why mom- we shot a scene there in the pilot. Yeah. We- <laughs>
5: That was our biggest that was our, our biggest location. <laughs> we we're
0: like, so we're going to shoot at
4: Samuel yeah. French. It's going to be thrilling. <laughs>
0: That was the scene with the acting class? Yeah. yeah.
4: We were very precise about what plays were in the background. No, we were not were
5: precise. We were picky as shit. Like, really? We like, take yeah. that poster down, take those plays off. We want these plays over here. Like, we made set deck insane. We yeah. moved whole shelves of plays. <laughs> we were
4: nightmares. Yeah.
0: And what, what was your play, big play?
4: My first play was called All Hail Hurricane Gordo. It was in the Humana Festival of New Plays. Yeah. I had a... <laughs> I thought it was going fantastically and then we got a we got a review from Charles Isherwood at the New York Times that I think was like three sentences that said something along the lines of I tried to find something nice to say oh, right. about this play Oh that
0: oh, really? He um, actually <laughs> said that or you just uh, No, he that's actually a, that's
4: the no, that's, that's a verbatim legit, like I tried to find something nice to say about 23-year-old Carly Mensch's oh, whimsical the, play Then
0: under the bus on the age thing.
4: Yeah, right, right you know. They'll yeah. do that.
0: So is um, so is it is yours being performed?
4: Elsewhere? <laughs> that one that one actually <laughs> does get performed.
0: Was that the plan though? Were you guys like we're gonna be playwrights or did you have were you young, ambitious, forward thinking people that were like, Well, this is just theater's a stepping... gonna be the
4: future. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, was it was it a launching pad or you really no. thought theater was gonna be the future?
5: No, I mean I the people that I knew who could support themselves doing theater yeah. had a either had a trust fund or taught you know, at universities oh, yeah, right. or her, yeah. TV. So I was like, well, I don't have a trust fund and I don't know about teaching, so maybe television. Uh-huh. So that was sort of what I, I tried to jump on and off of my first play and see if there was anything. And was how'd you get that
0: up. gig? What gig did you get? I got Nurse talk- Jackie. So that was it. You That, got, was, that my, was your first my gig My first TV. gig
5: and then it was my gig for seven seasons and I grew up on that show, which mm-hmm. was great because it shot in New York. It was Edie Falco, like the showrunners were great. Who me. are the
0: showrunners? Who produced it that thing? It was
5: Linda Wallum and Liz Brixius. And people campus. like
0: that show. I've not seen yeah. an episode of yeah, it. That's okay. It, oh, I feel bad sometimes. I don't know how people find the time. I
5: don't either. Just, I, I mean, gotta, it's cool. But I, I mean, it was a great show to work on, and I, lo- I learned. She's know, great. Everything. She's spectacular. Everybody was. And yeah. Like to make a TV show in New York feels like a unicorn how situation. Many pe- too.
0: Yeah. How many people were on the staff?
5: It, it ballooned. It was, like, big at first, and then it contracted. It was, like, eight people, and then it was six people, and then it went back up again. You know, it, it depended yeah. on the year, and it changed. Um, and it started writing out here, and then it moved back to New York. So,
0: so that was it. That's what you've done. You've written two plays done. and Nurse Jackie, and, and then now then Homeland
5: for a minute and then created Glow.
0: You did Homeland for a minute? Yeah.
5: I did drama for a minute. It was crazy.
0: Yeah? Yeah. What was, was the I mean, shift like? What happens? What's the difference?
5: I mean, I went from being great at my job to being terrible at my job. That was the biggest <laughs> shift. But they were very cool to me. I mean, I got to, you know, produce something in Berlin. I yeah. got to come in for half a season. They let me co-write a finale. It was... They Less were...
0: collaborative than comedy writing?
5: Just different. I mean, like the way you have to break, like I had never broken an action sequence before. And that was, I don't even know what that means. Exactly. And it's just
4: like, it's Stop, super up and roll. Yeah. Shoot the gun. Right.
5: But you're like, so they're in the tunnel. And then these guys are, you know, these guys are here and this information is here and we've got to get all these people And It just, it's really they're and they're, they're good at it, but they're yeah. really rigorous. And Painstaking. It's as rigorous
0: as the action on screen. The writing process is mentally rigorous. It was
5: really rigorous, and you know you can't come in with like a nugget of delight or like this delightful thing that we (laughs) can blossom into a story. It was just very poetic.
0: (laughs) No, No, where's the gun?
5: But they. But I had to give a note, which was also maybe the last time i'll do this which was like can we just lift that gun up higher so we can see it like i'll probably never give that note. Again. i
0: don't know i might lose my shit in that's the second true. season of glow I if should we not get say it say
5: that now we're gonna have to have a you're, you're, yeah you're
0: gonna lift a gun Here up to go. my head that's I mean, what the, res-
5: the wrestling sequences are yeah actually they are i mean yeah. that's the closest i think i'll ideally they
0: very beautifully choreographed i found myself and i i say it all the time it was like watching a ballet of some kind i found it to be moving that very, our,
4: I, as theater people, we only exclusively talk about the wrestling in terms of dance choreography. Well, well
0: I told you guys yeah. when we got in there that that it felt like a stage. That the ring is definitely is. a stage. It is. A
4: squared circle. It's like a sacred space.
0: It definitely had that Tightened, feeling. You know, and special. when you're in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, all right. So, how, where'd you go? You wrote your four plays and then what happened?
4: <laughs> um... Actually the first play, uh another playwright, Rollin Jones, who was working on weeds at the time, came up after came up to me after the yeah. play and said I'm working on Weeds. I think Genji would love this. Can I pass her your play? And until then, I hadn't even thought about TV, to be honest. Like, I was living in the bubble of this could work. I I was going to Juilliard at the time. You were? I was. As a
0: playwright? As a playwright. That's fancy.
4: Yeah, it sounds really fancy. And then really, you just meet once a week for three hours (laughs) (laughs) and (laughs) feel bad about yourself and then get a stamp at the end. Oh,
0: that's great. (laughs) It's like being knighted. Yeah, right. Um, And did you get knighted? I, did, did I think really I got knighted
4: too early. Like, I think I hadn't really found my voice. I was just so. I had never studied theater. Yeah. Um. So I, I felt a little bit like a fraud while I was there because I didn't know plays yeah. that well. But I was getting. I was just at the point where I was getting really excited about them. But it'd be like I'd come into school and be like, have you guys heard of this guy, Tennessee Williams? Because
3: he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's
4: got some shit that yeah. I think Couple we should of really talk good about. Ones. Um,
0: yeah.
4: And I didn't really know Shakespeare, and like the actors would get so excited over Shakespeare, and I'd be like, I'm so, I am just can't understand these plays. Like, I have a I hard time I'm, with Shakespeare. I'm, I'm so confused why you guys are so excited. These are yeah. so out of date. Biggest
0: problem is drifting. And then once you drift for five minutes in Shakespeare, you're like, ah, I'm fucked. This yeah, is I all still- pointless. I don't know. I, also, <laughs> I was barely I like- <laughs> understanding it to begin with.
4: I have premise problems too. Like I can't get on board with oh, yeah. like that. When King, you start unwinding a premise, we're done. Like King Lear. Like I just get so pissed at that first scene where it's like, why? Like who starts a play by saying like who loves me the most? Like it's I don't I don't care about. What do you mean? Guy. We it's just like,
0: started a presidency like that? <laughs> yeah. <true>. I mean, <laughs> it's
4: very
5: relevant, Carly. It's a very relevant play.
0: <laughs> it's, it's, Couldn't be more relevant. Yeah. The the, the sort of angry ambition <laughs> of <laughs> aging people is why we're in the mess we're in. It's
5: true. I've had this conversation with her. A oh, lot you of have. Times. Yeah. I've, I bet over, <laughs> and, over <laughs> and over again. <laughs> everyone. Well, and then I, I
4: took this one class at school where uh, I was in opera class. And she said, anytime you're not enjoying opera, walk out. Like yeah. Preserve your ability to love it in the future by just sparing yourself the pain right. of So you've never there.
0: seen an opera so all I, the way through. <laughs>
4: I've never seen an opera all the way through, but <laughs> I, I applied it to Shakespeare. So now I kind of like... I don't let myself sit there getting angry. Like, if I'm if I'm connecting and getting it, I stay. But then I
5: think that's smart. Yeah. I mean, I do that with my kids. I'll too. go home and try to read
0: <laughs> you it. You leave your kids if are I leave. I do. I was like, well, this
5: is not working for me. Yeah. I'm going to walk is, out.
0: You guys are boring me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe uh, take it up a notch. Do something fun and exciting.
5: Like, where's mommy? It's like <laughs> yeah. she couldn't. You weren't doing it for her.
0: Not enough drama. <laughs> can't be a shortage of drama with kids. There's not. So you've got oh, two, right? I've got two. And now you have one in your stomach.
4: I do. Yeah. of and- around a month. Yeah.
0: Have, are you excited?
4: <laughs>
5: Sounds a great you question.
4: It? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah.
0: So oh, good. Sounds excited, like a...
4: Confused, anxious.
0: Confused. What do you mean? Yeah. You know how it happened. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I i think it's because I've been in denial for most of the months of this pregnancy, including while we were on set. Yeah, and, I and it's so to, abstract. It's abstract, and then time. I went to that birthing class where they show you the 18-minute video
0: of, of the a thing couple laboring, out? and then you're
4: like, "That just mathematically, that doesn't make sense." Ooh, like that,
0: I don't know how that, you women do it.
4: <laughs> yeah. Well, my original it's, goal is just like just go to the hospital and tell them to just get it out as fast as possible. I think that's fine.
5: That's what yeah. my
0: mother did. Yeah. Cut it right out. Yeah, just, Not, well, I don't need to be a so hero. The next
5: eighteen <laughs> yeah, years, I don't. <laughs>
0: <laughs> did you? How did you do yours? Regular. Regular. Oh my God! my vagina. So <laughs> both of them. So what do you tell her? To what's the advice you're getting from your? It's pal? one day.
4: That's the good one. Even she keeps telling me like it's one day. It's one which, day. It's like your. It's like
5: if oh, everyone right. freaks like like out about right, their, It's, it's one day bad. of your life. It's yeah. one day. It's like your wedding. It's like what are you going to focus on? Like the wedding or the marriage? It's like right. the ba- the birth or the. Life of the baby. Right. It's one day, it'll be what it is.
0: But I imagine you hit a threshold of pain where you just transcend.
5: It's called the Ring of Fire. There's a name for it. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I've learned the terminology.
5: I remember I did a lot of, um, I I would like have contractions and just hit things rhythmically to like get through it and then stop. My husband fell asleep for a lot of my. I was like, "So how long was that?" He's like, "I don't know. I fell and asleep." And I was like, "All right, well, yeah. here we go. How
0: <laughs> <It's laughs> yeah, this is going to go?" My plan is to watch <laughs> the Great it.
4: British Baking Show. That's good. That'll
5: really and
0: hope you that
4: out. at some point during the season the child will have slipped out. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Just so
0: like, oh look, yeah. Yeah. oh that was that hilarious scene. And what was it? The what's that Monty Python movie? I don't remember what it was, but there's just a woman, you know, washing dishes and there's nine kids around and one just falls out of her. She's like, Oh, there's another one <laughs> It was it was the meaning of life, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so you're both writing on these different shows, but you knew each other. And then what? How what, how does it evolve? Well, like, then, where do you make this decision?
5: Well, I had I had moved up in the ranks on Nurse Jackie. Yeah, the, the creators had left, and then um, these other EPs had come in, and then I got promoted to EP and got to help them hire the room. Yeah, and one of the first people I ran after was Carly. So I'm like, I get Carly in this room.
0: But was she working?
5: You were you were not. I you was were a playwright, like, which means yeah.
0: But wait, this is before weeds.
4: After weeds. After weeds.
0: So you were play, uh, but so you had done TV. So I done got,
4: three years of weeds. Then I was taking a year off, tried some plays. Oh. Then I did Nurse Jackie. Then I did Orange.
0: Okay. Oh, so you like brought. Her, I, I get them. it. I get. Yeah. It. So you were like, "Fuck TV." I
4: was like,
0: "She says." <laughs> okay. n- I mean,
4: you do like you. you I've, said no to lying. a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: You really had a, You had your heart set on being a big playwright, huh?
4: Not even a big playwright. There's just something romantic about being in New York and writing things no one will ever read or see. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, romantic. Uh, almost.
5: I find one. I
4: find theater yeah. like this ritual, special space that I can't let go of. In terms of, like, I'm someone who is. Um, but that's the that's the closest place to spirituality I have. So oh yeah. I kind of find it.
0: Yeah. Do you go a lot?
4: I go all the time, and it's the one thing I miss the most about New York. I think I it's, see like three plays a week at least in New York when I'm there and really here. yeah well she lives in Midtown but it's like you can just do that like, <laughs> I you're know just, yeah, yeah. You're just there like, it and... breaks my heart what I'm yeah. missing right now I know but,
0: but like yeah. as I got older yeah. even maybe when I was younger I was sort of like is it good because like I don't know if I can you see it. so
4: many duds you have to put up with a lot of shit to get to the good stuff but then I feel like the good stuff is so so much better than anything else it's it's like so magical yeah. yeah
0: it's just I I feel I don't want to feel bad yeah like, when I see bad theater, it's not sort of like, this sucks. It's like, oof. This you're is...
4: trapped. Yeah. You're, you're in a room hard. that you can't leave. Yeah, because yeah. sometimes
0: you literally are. Yeah. There's like four When other I see people. a bad
4: play, I literally try to go across the street and go to the movies and like, eat as much candy and popcorn and be like, fuck you, theater. I'm having so much fun. I'm being entertained. I can eat.
0: <laughs> I like it. I'm yeah. very moved by it. Yeah. And I would go more. Maybe if I lived in New York at this yeah. age, I would go more. Something to do. Yeah. And it's it's human.
4: It's very human, yeah.
0: Yeah, there's something about like seeing someone spit, made that I can see. Yeah. Seeing people like the actual spit come out of their mouth and seeing yeah. them shuffle around here, the boards—it's exciting.
5: And being yeah. in rehearsal is kind of the best. I mean, I like having plays perform, but I love a rehearsal room.
0: Time, yeah,
4: time just works differently else. too. Yeah.
5: Just well, no, so that's like, why it's it, like, that's
0: why it's so essential and why it was always considered essential is there's a, a real humanity to it that the power of people on stage with yeah. their own voice. To move stories and and elevate is like it, it's amazing.
4: It is, but because I, I feel like I get asked this a lot, like how is theater and TV different, and do they inform each other when you work on both? And I I find TV very human too, and mostly because you can use a camera to get up in someone's face and really see.
0: Well, yeah, like, you have an a lot more. That you can't. Yeah.
4: It's a different type of humanity, but I. Yeah,
0: no, it's, no, no. Definitely, yeah. I know. I I see what you're saying, but I, I'm just like the the, the point it's very is very
4: handmade and very kind of.
0: Well, there's a the distance, you yeah. know, you, 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 your engagement with it can, is your decision, whereas a, a play, I mean, your engagement with it is pretty present. You may be drifting, yeah. yes. but, you know, there's someone demanding something of you on yes. stage, whereas a TV, you're In like, real time. mute it, yeah. you can't yeah. mute the guy.
5: Right. You also can't meet the people in the bathroom after your play talking about your play, uh, which I actually kind of lo- like. I used to hate, a, and now I kind of the second act, the yeah, second play, the second, sequel, yeah, the yeah. sequel. The Has
0: anyone done that? <laughs> Where the first act is like uh, the play, and then this entire second act is the bathroom. Is <laughs> the, the bathroom of people that'd be, talking? <laughs> that'd be funny. Not bad. All right, so so she's on Nurse Jackie. You you hired her. Yeah, and, and then,
5: then we did that for two, two seasons. seasons, and then at the and then we just started talking yeah. about. I mean, we loved working together, right? And, and then we but
4: just, we never wrote together. We just kind of worked together well in a room. Yeah, and it it just felt organically fun.
0: So where where did the yeah. concept come from?
4: Yeah, so I was watching this documentary. It felt insane that this world of women's wrestling in the '80s hadn't been explored yeah. since. Yeah. Um, it felt like it hit a lot of themes and. Places we wanted to go, just the weird. glow
0: documentary, the
4: yeah. glow documentary, and just the world of we've been talking about because we'd both written for shows about badass weird women, yeah. um But I don't think we'd ever talked about maybe going back into the '80s and looking at like what was life like for women in the '80s. Anyway, I saw this insane thing. I came. Liz was on maternity leave. I was home I, with my colicky we yeah. daughter. Yeah. So we, I needed some stuff to do. We watched right. it within thirty seconds. we were like, we should work on this. I think liter- we sent. I think that day we sent Genji an email. <laughs> it was like a one- was like a pitch? meet Liz. Not even a pitch. No, it was a one line email. I was like, do you want to make a TV show about women's wrestling in the eighties? And I think her response was just yes.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and then we basically
5: like went and away it- for a you know we had to deal with like the rights and yeah. then looking into that. But then we just went away for almost a year and worked on the pilot and then and kind of had to make it our own and get into the story. Uh huh and rewrite it a million times and rebreak it a million times.
4: We and also then- knew nothing we also we both knew nothing about wrestling and also didn't like wrestling that much. So it mm-hmm. took us a while to kind of find our our well, way in that felt honest but also kind of embracing the insane circus. And and that, that way in
0: was through the personalities <laughs> of the women in a way.
4: And I think on a meta level like we we chose us we chose a specific show about women who knew nothing about wrestling who became wrestlers. So we could kind of go on the journey with them as they figured out like what the hell this
0: and and so also nice. the, the the premise being that you know it was put together as a TV show really yeah yeah, yeah. that that helps that a lot yeah and then like th- there's something about being on set for me those outfits and I I was <laughs> conscious and awake like in the 80s I graduated yeah. Yeah. high school in 81 so yeah. I'm I'm already like 23 when that's happening right. yeah. And they were so... Like, I like that you guys played it so straight and it wasn't campy other than the nature of it, essentially.
4: That was a big part of it for
5: us. To
0: not overplay it. Yeah. Yeah. To just play it straight.
4: Well, we have the ring, which is this heightened, campy space. So then the the fun of the show seems to be finding how to use the ring versus real life as a way to... You
0: know, to casually deal with the 80s fashion is difficult (laughs) because it was so just casually what women did with their hair. Just to go out in the morning that was a, crazy. That was
5: a big conversation when we were just talking to, you know, when we were hiring him, yeah. makeup heads and, and department heads. We were talking about just wanting this sort of like dusty, realistic, late 70s and yeah. 80s. So it yeah. felt like you weren't being bombarded by like neon and studs and yeah. stuff like that. Because well, we went through would, a lot
4: of our old pictures, too, yeah. so that we would make sure we were...
0: The pastels were just unnerving.
5: Oh, yeah. the cor- Beth Morgan called it her coral dream. It was just like a real. I just yeah. don't
0: like. There were days where I'm like, what, how did anyone think this was a good <laughs> idea?
5: Oh yeah, yeah. The crew was so amazing and respectful too, because there were a lot of women in like a you know leotards, and yeah. they were they were very very cool. But I remember I got a text one day from Christian Springer, our DP, that just said. You know, I I just want to check in with you. There's a lot of nipple showing right now. It's just a little cold in here. So I wonder if maybe we turn down the AC. Let me know.
4: (laughs) From the beginning, like one of the things that attracted us to the show is how uncomfortable we were with women in bathing suits, you know, wrestling for mostly a male audience. Yeah. Like that discomfort is where we started. Right. We didn't want you to be comfortable. Even though they I mean they look amazing, but also like it's both exploitative and empowering at the same time, and it should never be just one. And wrestling is like attract and repel for us too.
5: It
0: feels to me that what was going on on set would, in real time, them learning and them building these relationships, and also doing this ballet of wrestling and these and creating these personas was happening, you know, both in reality and on screen.
4: It's why we yeah. planned the first season to go so slowly and to reflect the actual learning process of how long it would take to pick up these moves and to even understand the like the inner logic of what a wrestling match is. I think there was a day on set where they were four weeks into training. Yeah. And it occurred to Chavo, our wrestling trainer, he was like, raise your hand if you know how a wrestling match ends. Not a single person (laughs) raised their hand and we realized, of course it wasn't obvious to any of us. Like
0: we were just learning the moves. Like we didn't know
4: how you win and none of the writers knew either.
5: Um, well, but did you
0: knew that there is, was a script? Yeah, we knew wrestle. that wrestling
5: was scripted, but in terms of just like physically how it works. Oh, and oh. How, you like, mean the
0: count and all that? Like yeah. the
5: count or like how, how do you know when it's done? And like what does that actually mean? We didn't know your two anybody? shoulders need to touch the ground. Like no one told us that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> wow. They told
5: yep. us. <laughs> I mean, we were beginners and we would, and it was great because we would actually go and watch them learn, watch them train. Oh, but
0: Allison, like, oh, that's the other thing I want to say. It's like, how did you guys, when. Kind of like, did you know how that relationship would go? What relationship? Me and Allison? Because that turned into something.
5: We didn't know. I mean, honestly, it was, a lot of it was, like, we had stuff in the script that we, you know, we knew sort of the primary arcs of a lot of those, you know, our our main characters. But I feel like it's also stuff that when you see, you know, I mean, it was like how vibey you guys were, how great you were together, how great she and Betty are together. I mean,
4: that. Yeah, we definitely took cues, but. I think we had hoped that there would be some type of a connection. We just didn't fully know what kind of a connection it would be, and then it was. It was
0: the one with the me and Allison is nebulous. kind of odd. It is, it's, and it's like touching. Yeah. Somehow, I don't know what to do <laughs> with Betty. Yeah. In, in yeah. character, yeah. out. Yeah.
5: <laughs> she's she's a force. <laughs> she's a, yeah, she's she's a real force. She's you, amazing. I mean, you, we've known her for a long time because Betty has you know is in the theater world and like she's done readings of my plays, and then she was on North Jackie, and so we've sort of seen what she can do and now i feel like she's like i'm excited to unleash her on the world
0: so how what was the casting process like and and tell me about me because like (laughs) i'd like to know because like i got that thing i wasn't anticipating doing anything i was not planning (laughs) on doing anything we did not
5: we did not even bring you into a room i know we cast you off a tape yeah i I mean it was
0: but i was told you weren't (laughs) looking at people here
5: What do you mean? That That we weren't looking at people in LA? No, like I got a script.
0: Here's how this went for me. Yeah, tell
5: us on your side and then we'll tell you on our side.
0: I think somebody in my manager's office who was just going through scripts found it and then gave it to my manager and then he gave it to my agent and then they sent it to me. And uh, it was, I don't even know if I got the whole script or sides Mm -hmm. and I'm just having a day. Wasn't looking for anything. I was actually just done with my show and was going to take a year off. Not even do stand-up. I was like, I'm done for a while.
5: That'll show you.
0: Yeah, and then they sent me this script, and I'm like, oh, I know this guy. Okay, I could do this. And it wasn't even, I didn't know you. I didn't even, I don't no. even think I knew it was Genji to begin with, or put it together because I'm shitty at that. So, I'm like, I could do this guy. So, uh, I went down to the glasses place.
4: We wanted to know what.
0: Yeah. Spectacles. Was up with mm-hmm.
4: those glasses because they
0: I was. I, I got part of what. I immediately decided that I needed aviators. I don't know yeah. why. Mm-hmm. Some sort of aviator glasses because I knew they were time—they were timeless, and that they would—you know—there was no way I was going to find fashion glasses from '86. I wouldn't even be able to identify them, but I knew aviators never change, and that this guy was going to wear aviator glasses. And then I had Lacoste shirts, and I'm like, did again, did you buy
4: the glasses or did you rent? Did he borrow? No, I the just glasses. borrowed those you big rent.
0: ones. Did you they, rent
4: the glasses? They were sort of oh, like yes.
0: yellowish, <laughs> and, but it was a commitment
4: <laughs> for the not. It
0: was the shape. No, I know oh, yeah. the ladies down there. Yeah. They do my glasses. I love that place.
4: They do mine too.
0: So. And then I, I actually own Lacoste shirts. And again, I'm like, these have been the same for decades. Mm-hmm. So that was that. And then I had the woman who's my trainer, who's an actress, read well, with me. You wondered
4: who was reading with you.
0: Yeah. I was like, you know, because you know, she goes on auditions and stuff. And she's cu- uh, cute and good. and But usually she's just my trainer. You know, I work out with her, and I'm like, "Do you want to read with me?" And that that would at least lend some professionalism to it.
4: And you sat behind a desk, which looked yeah.
0: It was in my office. I just yeah. sat at that table, and my and my part time assistant shot three of them, and they decided they sent you one, and that was that. But they told me that like I didn't know where you were in the casting, or whether you had considered other people, or you're at the your wits end. But I was told that they're not looking at people that I was not. I could not get in a room. That's what I was told.
5: We. We were, we were From not, we were not yet seeing people
4: that we liked enough to see in a room for
5: that. Oh. I think
0: we were. So you we were still done, looking well, for Well, we should room. say Jen yeah. Houston,
4: who did the casting, is a genius. And she has these instincts that are so kind of out of left field and so kind of, they're so surprising.
0: I've known Jen and we're, since she's... she was a kid. Yeah. She but told she us. Worked, yeah.
4: She
5: sent it to us and she was like, watch this now. hmm and we
4: were like, whoa, all right, maybe, nice. Yeah. Mark Maron?
0: You can be honest, go ahead.
4: Yeah, I I was not expecting anything. (laughs) I was like, he's funny. Yeah. I don't know if he can act. Uh (laughs) Um, Can he play another person? Uh Um,
0: or can he be some yeah. version of himself <laughs> no. that is that person?
4: <laughs> yeah. And but, then we watched it, and it
5: was so simple. It was just like he's the guy. Like, it was like undeniable. It was like one of those things. We're like, shit, this is undeniable. There, and then we didn't remember, really because we, because we, and then we showed it to the writers too. Remember, because like we had, we were like, you guys, you got to watch this. And then we were like, oh. And yeah. then when we would start to talk about the character, we started <laughs> to talk like you. Yeah. Like when we were pitching we were like oh we're already writing it for him we gotta give him the part
4: (laughs) and then I remember we sent the video to Netflix and they said their only question was like can he move around he's He's behind (laughs) a desk desk. I'm like well even if he can't (laughs) does does it matter (laughs) like well can we write the part so he's always sitting like if that's the problem (laughs) if if he's not an integrated Um,
5: performer we'll just sit him down it's totally
0: oh that's so funny
5: But it was, it w- and a couple were like, I mean, I feel like that was particularly, because um, it was, we knew it was going to be such a big part of the show, so yeah. to not even have you in a room, we were just like, well, this feels like it's the guy. I had no so expectations. Just-
0: I was sort of like, a tape? All right. Yeah. There you go. And yeah. I just I went we on with no my life. Yeah, I no expectation
4: when we watch it. And then I will say, it kept happening over the course of the season, where I was like, I mean, he's going to be great, but he, I mean, who knows <laughs> what his range is? Like, he's got... <laughs> Like you, <laughs> I think he feels super. Yeah. Yeah. Liz <laughs> liked me the whole
0: time. Liz was on board from the day one. You, <laughs> the
4: beauty of you from you. the beginning was I was like he will be grounded and a real human no matter yeah. what at right. all, no times, matter what. Be- like I you know. got a, a great bullshit meter and a, like a beautiful ability to just make anything sound organic and well, that's in the good. moment and true, but then you consistently. Consistently surprised us in ways that I feel like we would go back to our seats and be like, that was... yeah!" Like that's you know so powerful that wasn't even meant to be so.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, I felt that happening. Powerful. Like I and, and I think that was because. It was exciting. Well, I think you got me at a good time because I just done four seasons of my show. So like you know when I started Marin, I don't I was not great, but like I knew how to be on set now. Yeah. yeah. And I knew, and I knew I wanted to be relaxed and not have it all on my shoulders. So I was able to focus on you know just that guy and not worry about other shit, which yeah. was you know kind of tricky. I still needed to sit near video village just to
5: we noticed. <laughs> Like he just wants to be closer to Video Village yeah. because. But you were also so empathic toward us because you knew what it was like to yeah. you know, run a show. So I feel like every time we look like we had the blood drained out of us, you'd be like, "How are you guys doing? You all right? You okay?" It's like, "Oh, it's really nice when somebody asks you." Yeah, yeah. And you're like barely standing.
0: Yeah, it's rough.
5: It's hard. Yeah, but we had a, each other, so it, that it was, was hard for me
0: year. to like. I, I think that you guys were everybody was pretty open to things like you know suggestions, and it wasn't yeah. didn't seem out of hand. And I like. That there wasn't like a, a, a fucking improv fest because I really wanted to do the work from the script. But you know, uh, certain directors and certain you were writers were perfect
4: for pretty much the I mean, entire that was, season. It was, was great.
0: Well, because like that, you know, the one thing I had in my mind, if I had any insecurity, like, and I think that like I can evolve as an actor after talking to Martin Landau in here and getting some acting lessons. <laughs> but I know I can be present and I know, and I knew that the answer for me was going to be if it's not me, it's on the page. So let it be. And there was a couple of bits that like worked out. There was a couple of beats that I added, yeah. but you know that was with the writers, and there was conversations around it. Yeah. And there was one moment where you know I I didn't want to do something, and Nick, you know, and I was like, let's just do it this way. And he's like, and was it wasn't a fight, but he's like, all right, okay. And then like we tried to, to mire when he's like, okay, so now let's do it the way that that we.
4: <laughs> I know exactly what <laughs> yeah. you're yeah, Totally.
0: Yeah. That's early on. Of, it was that took a lot on. of
4: trust from you though, because like you don't know who we are,
0: right? No. Mm-hmm well I, I liked that i like like i wasn't yeah. that i wasn't afraid of it because it's not it wasn't on me you, you know what i mean it was your character in a way yeah. and and you know there were certain there was only a couple times where i'm like and we went over it where it's just sort of like i don't know he's gonna say that i just yeah. didn't feel right and we just it didn't matter like we we fixed it
5: yeah i but, think that's i mean i think that's a big part of what i i mean i think playwriting prepares you for tv in a great way because you're you're in that rehearsal room with actors and you're working like that and you're trying to work it on the page first before you go off and rewrite something so yeah. you're really trying to figure out if you know if if it's the scene that needs work you know and what that work is and it's a conversation and you know you have to be able to have it faster i think with tv because right are in the middle of shooting yeah but, but that's the exciting thing great. about it yeah, yeah.
0: but that would but it i didn't assume not to be precious i
5: think yeah yeah
0: but I didn't assume that, like, the funny, the amazing thing was, because of the script and then just because I was emotionally available, you know, and I knew, you know, where that guy was at, or the guy I was being, Yeah. that the way the relationships evolved or, you know, just happened with the different women was really kind of interesting to me. Like, uh, you know, because clearly, you know, Allison and I love each other in some weird way. And that you I... Guys you guys hugged
4: know, a lot on set. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, yeah, because, but I didn't know, like, you know, like, she's so good. It's sort of like, you're just doing this cause, for the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she, you know, she definitely had my number, you know what I mean, yeah. on stage and yeah. off. It was a genuine emotional relationship somehow yeah. that we couldn't really admit in a way.
5: Yeah. Well, ideally, there's genuine emotion in those scenes and you guys found it and yeah. took it, you know.
0: And I didn't, I hated it when it didn't happen like it did like if we do a take and I'm like oh, I didn't it wasn't open enough. Yeah. And then like there was all everyone was different. The weird yeah. the the weirdest one for me, I had to sign the nudity thing. I'm like <laughs> when's this going to happen? And then you made me show my butt. Yep. And I had to walk around set with a sock on my dick.
5: Yep. That was, was our, that, that was, I felt we, like I remember having that conversation with you and you're like, "So what? What is it?" And I was like, so we just want to have a conversation about nudity, and you're like, well, seems only fair, right?
4: It did seem fair. I was <laughs> kind of like, it, that we... like, that's true. It does seem yeah. fair. Maybe we <laughs> should ask the a women more. to show their.
5: I kind of knew that all the time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I kind of knew that. I, yeah, I think the ass was about as far as I could go, though. Yeah,
4: yeah, it looks great.
0: <laughs> My ass looks good.
5: Ass looks good. Oh, good. We
0: definitely I was definitely even nervous used it. about it. <laughs> the one thing that I'm, I'm uh, that in retrospect that that I think we we should have. Played more. Can you want to do that? Is, can we do those kind of oh, notes?
4: We're getting notes now. Notes <laughs> for season two.
0: I think I should have acknowledged the mess more. Like I think, like the one regret I have about the whole season is that
4: the period blood mess or yeah, emotional yeah. mess. No, the period, period blood, blood mess. Though. Yeah.
3: Okay.
0: Like when when she leaves, where I'm yeah, at the door, good. there should have been beat where I'm like, oh god. <laughs> Like, cause it's a mess. And yeah. like, I was so involved with sort of like, there was, everything was sort of loaded cause my ass was out. So the yeah. set becomes sort of like, there's an ass out, you know, and like, it
4: would have helped you too if we poured fake blood on you. I feel like yeah. this maybe. be, well, now that we know you're open to it, yeah, there's
0: <laughs> period <always> blood,
4: more, <laughs> there's always,
0: always more
5: period blood on set. Hey, you day. know, it
0: happens, you know, you're going to do what you're going to do. Oh,
5: yeah. It's a very, it's a very oh, honest no, I scene. Got, I
0: got to watch him. So, all right. So mm-hmm. what's going to, do we, when do we know about another season?
5: don't oh, no. I mean you I think are, after you No, we don't know. know. We don't no. know. We'll tell you. But they've been very I mean, I gotta say, like that's the cool thing about I mean, I've only ever I've only worked at Showtime and Netflix. Yeah. But the great thing about the way we've gotten to make this show, be it like Gen support and having, you know, that as sort of a creative yeah. like sounding board and buffer, but we have so much freedom there, it's pretty astonishing. And
4: genuine enthusiasm, which yeah. is pretty fun because even when we originally pitched the show, sitting in the room was this guy uh Ted Biaselli, yeah. who um was from the family programming department heard there was a show being pitched about glow he was obsessed with glow yeah got himself in the room and, and invited men- himself
5: to the pitch because he heard it was about glow uh-huh. was like i have to be in this yeah. pitch yeah.
4: and he's our creative contact at netflix and he's someone who is so genuinely giddy and he's such a cheerleader which is rare i think and it kind of it makes the whole process just feel more human and
0: yeah, I felt the set kind of, was really yeah. kind of open and good, and there was no weirdness yeah. really ever. And uh, everybody's very excited now. If are you guys in your head? Do you have a second season?
5: In our heads, right now, yeah, we have stuff. I yeah. mean, we, we we have a
0: because so many of the characters like, are unexplored. Totally, really. so, we so have, many.
5: I mean, yeah. we've just scratched the surface on basically. Feels like there's so many
4: characters we want to delve into. There's so many weird there's weird shit about wrestling weird shit about the 80s we've got a kind of laundry list of things we want to shove in but yeah. I do we have the kind of the shape of season two yet? Not yet. I think
5: we're yeah, gonna... but
0: that that's well, that's yeah, good because yeah. there's always I, that's one thing I learned about doing TV. It's like you always assume like these geniuses have like all eight no. seasons mapped out, but you don't. Well,
5: you don't, but I also think like you have l- to respond to like what happened, and also I mean just cutting the first season was really informative in terms of how the wrestling, you know, what we wanted from the wrestling and how it shot and how it came together, and you know, that's so, okay. A big well, learning curve. Well, the job writers room, by
4: the way, also is coming up with the ideas.
0: Right, it's fun. Yeah, yeah. it's fun. It but like in well. your mind, though, do we just pick up right after that first match kind of deal? Like, are we just going back to sort of like that went well? Now let's build from there. No, the time go by thing that's always weird. Like with my show, I could do it. Like it, this is a year yeah. later. Like, I mean, we
4: yeah. could go either way. We yeah. have some yeah arguments for both sides. Okay. But, well,
0: yeah. Well, it was great working with you.
5: <laughs> All right. I'm do you big. feel
0: good about what we've done here?
5: This has been fun
4: yeah
0: good it's we all we love good. you
4: mark we feel we were looking forward to talking i know you. Well, it's really it's guys. really an honor yeah.
0: and it's oh. made me
5: like very cool with the dads at school too they're like oh really i heard, I heard mark Marin say your name on his podcast no like yeah he's oh, he's oh like, really he's play- like yeah we got Six. excited like that you knew our last names
0: yeah. silver lake dads or? silver Lake dads are really <laughs> that, that makes sense
5: it's really nice for me
0: all right well here we go all thanks right, for man. talking thanks mark there you go our final episode of glow related interviews and i think that was informative i hope you writers got a lot out of that and i hope you people enjoyed the process making the sausage dig it oh it's too hot too hot to play guitar maybe i will though i gotta put my earplug in my ears are old are yours getting old Gotta go fluff some rice. (coughs) Boomer lives!